Welcome to Being Bipolar. I'm your host, Doobie. I'm going to introduce you into my madness, and hopefully it'll help you with yours. Alright, let's do this. Okay, boys and girls, welcome to the show. While we're doing this, I'm going to be basically working on my guitar, getting things rolling, playing along. I'm on Facebook if you want to see any of it, hear uh, any of the videos that I got showing. Um, tonight's topic is going to be an interesting one because while I was doing research on the color tones, I started getting more and more into the music, or watching the videos, the performances, the techniques, since I'm going to get back into playing. So tonight we're going to do the hair bands. Um, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, the technical players of the hairband era. The ones that were quite influential to me. Now, you can pick and choose all you want, different genres, different time frames of your music that you enjoy. There's going to be all kinds of different guitarists. So for me, I've got like a ton of them but technical players is a whole different I'm not gonna be giving you Zach Wild because he's be all end all he's the top one-two punch between him and Chris Oliva Olivia sabotage I have a hard time always pronouncing his last name but he was a huge huge influence on me um, watching Sabotage play live at uh, Slammers a long long time ago the Hall of the Mountain King and I got backstage because with working at Jams in, in the town I was living in uh, we got backstage to a lot of the local venues like Hammer Jacks, uh, uh, 930 Club, uh, a lot of great clubs. One of them was Slammers. We watched a lot of great acts at uh, Slammers. But I was backstage with the owner of Jams, and uh, he took off, and at the same time, uh, Chris was walking up, and he was just, you know, in his own little world and I announced myself and I told him what a great influence he is and how I love to just listen especially to the Hall of the Mountain King the prelude to madness uh, iconic for me just to listen to that and this is the same guy that and his brother started the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra and his technique, his ability to win a crowd, um, everything clicked. And as I was telling him how I felt about his playing and his influence, he actually looked at me and he was talking to me like I was a human being. My hero, other than my father and Zach Wild, you know, is talking to me like I'm, I'm matter. Boom, that hit me. That was it. So, Chris always 
and he died in a car wreck in uh, 93. And ever since, it's been a great loss to the guitar playing community. And there are a lot of people out there who still, like myself, will put on a Sabotage uh, CD song. And Gutter Ballet was another great one he did. And it's just, he, along with Zach, go with the technical sound that I love on the fretboard. Now, there are others, but in that era, it was those two that, you know, knocked it out of the ballpark for me. Now, you've got others like uh, another Jake E. Lee, okay, with Badlands and Ozzy. Oh, and you wouldn't think how technical he really is until you try and learn his songs, his technique, and how he's... My Lord, if you can use his abilities and techniques as a warm-up, then you are one of the greatest gifted guitar players ever. Okay, I, I've... The same with Steve Vai. Now... There's a big difference between Jake's technique, that grungy, bluesy powerhouse, with with the leads that will take your harmony away. And the the big thing about Steve Vai is he has a melody in his head that he's able to bring out on a guitar with nothing else. He is able to look at the guitar in somewhat of a different way than we all it, it's weird and like he calls it a cosmic thing but if you've ever put the headphones on toked up on a little bit of a bowl and listen to some of steve's earlier work oh lord have mercy and, and you listen to him developing into a musical genius just with the technical sounds and the melodies that he's able to produce just out of the top of his head that's genius guitar work um another one uh there's a one-two punch on this one too nuno from extreme benton court he is another god gifted talent and he is so... Fly to the Wounded Bumblebee says it all right there. But his... Every album that Nuno has played on has had at least three songs on them that I put on my playlist every time I make one. Okay? And it's not just the fact that he's so good with his technical playing, but it's a groove that he's able to get into. He's got a great band backing him up, but Nuno, he can do it out of thin air. Okay, so with Nuno, you've got the one. Then you've got Vito Brada. Now, a lot of people don't know or haven't heard much about Vito Brada. The man, uh, to me, just personifies technical genius. Um, everything he plays, 
I, every song, every album, I personally enjoy. It's emotional, and yet you're able to listen. You're, you're going into a flow. As he uses his technical abilities, he, he, he transfers, you know, transforms you into something that you just... It's hard to explain unless you really get under the headphones and you just close your eyes and picture yourself on the stage with the guitar and your veto in front of all these people and you're playing genius music. Dude, escaping reality that way is awesome. And I do it a lot with Vito and Nuno because they're so good and technical. But I, I, I can't really say anything about the two until I say something about Reb Beach. Now, Winger was always, you know, ooh, um, in the heavy metal world, but Winger put out some really great music. And I got to say, without getting, you know, yelled at or anybody upset, Winger got me laid just as much as Lionel Richie did back in the day. Okay, so... If you are able to sing a little bit like Kip Winger into a girl's ear, um, congratulations. Okay. Now, whether that relationship lasts or not, I don't know. But getting to that point, using Winger was a go-to for a lot. So, uh, Reb... Very excellent technical guitar player. Uh, he does a great many things with a guitar that I never even dreamt could be done. He's like Vernon Reed from, uh, you know, Cult of Personality, the, the Landlord. You know, in Living Color, the group, a lot of people was like, oh, the TV show. No, that was a great show. Don't get me wrong. But Living Color is so underrated. A Vernon Reed, amazing guitar player. Oh, and his technical work goes rivaling, I believe, to Reb's. Because they're in that same format of speed and ability to make a guitar make sounds that you could not imagine. And they take you in different directions. Vernon goes into that soulful, bluesy, iconic boom, you know. Um, the, I get the same from Gary Moore, but he's not a technical shredder from the hairband days. But anyways... You know, Vernon Reed, he's got that soulful, bluesy boom. And then Reb comes in with that almost classical setup, like the Yngwie. But um, I won't put Yngwie into this list because he's far surpassed it. Okay, he's, he's like Zach. He's far gone beyond anything. But... With these different players, man, and technical abilities, you know, 
one that I was introduced a long time ago in the beginning, and I didn't even realize anything about technical guitar playing. I just liked the way that Steve and Phil for Def Leppard played together. I loved the sounds that were coming from one song to guitars. Now, I was introduced to that before with Kiss, but that album doesn't count because my grandmother bought it for me and it was a Dynasty album and Ace Frehley was the only cool, well, he was a guitar player, but he was the only cool one on there, you know? And come to find out, he didn't play much of anything on that album. So, kudos for that. But no, I bought two albums myself for the first time ever on vinyl. It was one, Michael Jackson Thriller. Yes, my introduction to Eddie Van Halen, which I didn't know either. And two was Def Leppard's Pyromania with Phil and Steve. Man. So, on the vinyl, after I get my, you know, my hip-hop out of the way with a little bit of Michael. And don't, don't, don't judge me. I love Michael. All Michaels. Michael Jackson. George Michael. Anyways. Now, with Bill and Steve, I don't bring Steve much into this. I know he was a good technical guitarist but with his passing I put Phil above it because Phil had to fill in some shoes you like that Phil had to fill in some shoes yeah with the loss of Steve he had to go in the studio and do a lot of the work on his own now I don't know about you but if you've ever listened to the Hysteria album I know Steve's on a lot of it but it's just most of it's Phil and I know engineering, all that good shit, you can't you know, do whatever, but Bill had to go in there. And if you've ever written your own music, he's constantly having to play the same thing over and over again. Now there's a plus side, you memorize it. There's a minus side, you sometimes find a better way of playing it. And you have to adjust, and it's just a pain in the ass. Well, Phil had to do that when Steve passed away. And the technical work on those albums, I didn't know. I had no idea, because I was beginning, man. man. Ride the Lightning introduced me into the world. And yeah, Kurt Hammett, excellent technical player, but... I won't put him on this list because without having James by his side, I believe the two wouldn't be as iconic as they are today. Okay. There's a lot that goes into Metallica and I have enough memory of history of Metallica that that's a whole show in itself. Ooh, this turquoise looks good. Mm, mm, mm. My guitar is turning out to look pretty good. Okay, so now, where were we before Squirrel? Okay, yeah, Death Leopard. Now, after, you know, going through the, the painstaking 
finding new music at that age, you know, I was sticking with Def Leppard, but I also liked a lot of the album covers, man. And that's what sold me on a lot of music, was, okay, cool, like Slayer? Come on, man. Who wouldn't want a Slayer album? And uh, then I, you know, got under the tapes, and I was getting bootleg tapes working at uh, jams for the longest time, introducing to a lot of great musicians and guitarists. And then, you know, working there at jams, I uh, got backstage to a lot of these different places. So I got to meet and see uh, XYZ. Uh, great group, only had one serious album, one hit wonder type deal. Inside Out is one of my favorites because it's also a great technical song. Um, you know, then there was Sholly Acres. That introduced me into a whole new world because I got to watch from beginning to end the setup, the rigging, how it all came to be from beginning of the show to the end of the show when the trucks drive off. I, I watched all of it. You know, I helped out. I did my thing. That's I, I where I learned how to be a backstage roadie, quote, unquote, character. But, uh, but I got to watch a lot of musicians. And some of the best musicians are the backup guitarists that... <laughs> I know it's funny, but... These solo acts that come through, they're backup guitarists. I mean, they are, you call them a hired gun, but they are the unsung heroes for all the music that you guys are actually listening to from those days. You know, studio heads, they wanted the voice and they just needed a backup band to make it happen. So a lot of these guys are called in to do their duty, and it, I had to do their duty. <laughs> Anyways, they're called in to do the session works, and nobody knows who they really are unless you really look at the album covers, and you'll see. You know, there's a lot of hidden musicians in other people's music. So if you recognize somebody's technique or their sound. Zach Wilde plays a lot on different uh, uh, people's uh, albums because, you know, it's Zach Wilde. He has his own sound, his own unique technique that a lot of people try to copy, but all in all, it's his. You know, it's, um, there's a lot of people who are out there trying to do the Jakey e. Lee thing. Uh, Badlands, I swear, is one of the best albums in my top five, okay? Badlands, it, from beginning to end, iconic album because Jake is at his prime, you know? Um, with Reb, uh, Winger 1 and 2, you know? Uh, things started getting a little hairy, and Reb actually played with Dawkin when George left. And the thing is, is I won't put George on this list either because I don't think of George as a technical player. George Lynch is an all-around 
iconic badass. He covers all ranges. And in anything that I talk about with George Lynch, it's going to be his riff factor. Okay. He is one of those, it's like uh, Warren Martini from Rat. Without Robin Crosby, Warren wouldn't have the freedom to come up with some of these great riffs. And Robin came up with some kick-ass riffs too. But these are, uh, you know, two gunners. All right, these are musicians that have that freedom. Um, I, it's not the long hair era, but Judas Priest, the same thing. Iron Maiden, same thing. They went to three guns, okay? But when you have a great technical player, they are able to do it solo, okay? They don't need that secondary gunner, all right? That is what this list is about. The guitarist with the technique and the ability to play a live show and not skip a beat. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about their technique and how that music makes us feel. When you see them on stage grooving, having a good time, I mean... They're boogie woogieing on that stage. They're doing, uh, you know, Chuck Berry. They're doing the Angus Young. You're enjoying it. They're doing the Scotty Anthrax Stomp. Boom, boom. That's where you're going to get my energy back. I see that, and you're still in that flow. You're still able to keep your technique going. You don't skip a beat. But yet, I'm feeling your energy because you're enjoying it. And these are the musicians that do that for me. Okay. I've seen uh, most of these guys live. Except for Chris. Okay. And I got to tell you. Uh, during those times. I. I got to see Chris play live. But I did not get to see him in his prime. I wanted to see him during the gutter ballet. That was my biggest wish. Okay, Slammers is an okay venue, but I wanted an arena, Chris. Okay, I wanted an arena sabotage because I know that energy that he gave on that stage, that small, you know, 500 people allowed in a shit bar stage. Yeah, come on, man. I want to see that arena, and I miss that with Chris. I got that with everybody else, but I did not get it with Chris. So that is one regret with this entire list that I didn't get to see the arena rock of Chris. But hey, I got YouTube, right? But there's gonna be a lot of different lists coming out. I might part two this bitch just because of the simple fact that I can, you know? Alright, I gotta let this damn thing dry. Um, Alright guys, there'll be a part two to this and there'll be more music to come. Alrighty, love y'all and uh, peace out, doobie. This is the end of the program where I basically tell you this is the end of the program. So you will stop listening now because it's the end of the program. Remember, this is the end of the program. 
So subscribe. If you want to hear more, get a hold of me. But this is the end of the program, so stop listening. This is it. Welcome to Doobie's Madness. This is the end of the program, so you can stop listening now. It's okay. <laughs>